Welcome to the Journey Youth Podcast. Here's the place where you can catch up on past and future messages. Be sure to subscribe so you get updates when new messages go live. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, what's up? You guys ready to hear from God tonight? Yeah. We're singing that song, All Hail King Jesus. Maybe that doesn't mean a whole lot to you guys, but uh, we wouldn't be here. You wouldn't have the life that you have if you're a follower of Jesus. You wouldn't have the life that you have. We wouldn't have this gathering tonight. Uh, We wouldn't have the fruit of the Spirit in our life. We wouldn't have the Holy Spirit if it weren't for our King Jesus and what he did. So I'm thankful for him tonight, and I'm ready to hear from him. Even though I'm up here, God speaks uh, equally to me as he does to you guys through the word. Um, Hey, so do you guys remember last week uh, I shared a story about uh, how I got a seatbelt ticket. I was like 19, and... uh, Kind of was an idiot. You guys remember that story? Yeah. Well, I got another story for you this week. Uh, can you guys guess? You, you know what would be hilarious? I, actually, I was thinking about this all week. I was like, I just shared my seatbelt story. If I get a seatbelt ticket this week, that's going to be so bad. But I didn't. Don't worry. That's not the story. Uh, but this is, this is a very recent story in my life. This happened uh, on Saturday, and I found out on Monday what happened. But... Um, how many of you guys like are perpetual, uh, perpetually lose things? Like, like probably once a week you're looking for something, whether it be your wallet or your keys or like a T-shirt or something that you you kind of need or you really want for that day. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of like that. Um, I'm a little bit of a messy person and I kind of lose things frequently. One of them being my wallet. Um, probably lose my wallet at least once every week or two. Um, So uh, this week, I lost my wallet. Um, Saturday, I was here at the church, and I had to go run some errands before I went home. So I went and bought the things that I needed. I got home, and uh, we're working on our house right now. So I, I was kind of in a hurry to get home, and I get working on the house. So I got home, uh, my wallet, I swear that I left it in the truck, uh, right in between the, mil- in the seats, I had my jacket there, and then my wallet, and then my credit card right on top of it. That's how clear my memory of where I left it was, okay? So I went in the house, did my thing, worked all day Saturday, up, up, up to like midnight, and uh, woke up Sunday morning, had to go to church, and... Um, because I lose my wallet frequently, uh, almost every time I leave the house is like, okay, where's my wallet? I gotta have my wallet before I leave. Because if you get pulled over for a seatbelt ticket, they kinda like you to have your driver's license. So, uh, Sunday morning, I woke up, I had to go to leave church at like 6.30, hopped in the truck, and I'm like, my wallet's in the truck on top of my coat, and then my blue credit card is right on top of my wallet, right? Photographic memory right there. Jumped in the truck Sunday morning. Man, my wallet is not there. My wallet is not there, and that's pretty common. So I um, did a quick scan through the house. I didn't have very much time, but I was like, maybe I brought it in, set it on our piano, set it on our table, and if it's not there, then I gotta just leave. Didn't find it, left for church. Got to church, I had to run some errands uh, after church, so I actually had to borrow some money from uh, Andrew. I left and went to the store and came, and I was like, oh shoot, I don't have any money. So I had to come back to the church and borrow money from Andrew. Okay, uh, that was Sunday. Went home, looked for my wallet, couldn't find it, couldn't find it, couldn't find it. Uh, 
Monday rolls around, I'm working on the house again, and I get a text message at about one o'clock that uh, there's been some suspicious activity on one of my bank accounts. And I've gotten these texts before and I've looked into them and it's like, you know, you, you swipe your card twice at a store because it didn't go through the first time and that gets viewed as like suspicious activity. So I've gotten these before so I wasn't too nervous about it. But I went and checked my bank account and there were four transactions that I had definitely not made and they were on Monday and I had not left the house on Monday yet. Okay, and it was like one was $98, the other one was 92 the other one was 95 and then there was like a $12 transaction, which, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that point. Uh, so I got on the phone, I called my credit card company, I'm like, hey, uh, my wallet's been, I think, stolen, and somebody's using my credit cards, I need you to shut them down. I had four credit cards in my wallet, I had to call all those companies, it's such a hassle. Okay, let me tell you, it's, it just don't lose your wallet, don't have it stolen, it's such a bother. And uh, Sunday morning, uh, you, you pay attention in your life, because sometimes God speaks to you, God gives you a little awareness, and you're kind of just like, not even aware of it. Sunday morning, I hopped in my truck and my wallet was not there, and I was like, somebody stole my wallet, I bet. But I was like, no, I lose my wallet all the time. <laughs> And uh, so somebody stole my wallet out of my truck, which was sitting right in front of our house on Saturday night. And um, so I've proceeded to contact the local police and um, actually done a little, little private eye work myself. And uh, yeah, you know, I do a little bit of everything. You know, I've gotten some security footage of these two guys using my credit cards to buy cigarettes. That's what they're buying. They're buying cartons of cigarettes because that's a carton of cigarettes is like a hundred bucks, so it's like score. I got three cartons of cigarettes. So, um, interestingly enough, we're in this series on the fruits of the Spirit, and God is testing me in the fruits of the Spirit, okay? My initial reaction when I hear, when, I, when I'm piecing this together that somebody stole my wallet, I'm going, uh-uh, I don't think so, buddy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pound them. Let's, let's find them. Let's take them out. Let's, let's look at that security footage. Let's, let's find that license plate. Let's, let's, let's do it. Uh, you know, I'm feeling kind of violated. Like, man, that's right outside my house. What, what are you doing, you creeper? Leave me alone. Go away. So I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling violated. Um, you know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty bitter. I'm feeling pretty, uh, pretty frustrated about this. Because it's a major inconvenience. Like I, I have one credit card now that I got in the mail today. The credit card company generously overnighted the card to me because I have nothing. Okay, I, I didn't have any cash. I didn't have credit card. I got nothing. Uh, went to the store yesterday and used Anna's credit card. We maxed it out, and I had to put back half of what I had in my cart, looking like an idiot, because my card got declined. And uh, so I've got all this stuff going through my head, and yet I'm supposed to talk on the fruits of the Spirit and what God, what the Holy Spirit does in our life to counteract those things. Um, you know what the worst part of this story is? Sunday, I went to Chipotle, okay? Sunday, I went to Chipotle, and Sunday, I was like, I have, a, I have a Chipotle gift card in my wallet. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> and we went to, went to Chipotle after church on Sunday, and I was like, shoot, 
I have a gift card for this place. Well, I guess I'll have to go to Chipotle some other time. Somebody else is going to Chipotle, guys. Not me. Not this guy. Isn't that just, that's just the biggest slap in the face about this whole thing. I hate it. Um, so last week we talked about how abiding in Christ is the only way that we're going to ever bear fruit, is the only way that we're going to experience love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We're going to only experience those things if we're abiding in Christ. We had the tree branch up here and we said, can that bear fruit? No, it's not connected to Jesus. Uh, and um, the law... Okay, in the Old Testament, they had the law, which was like a big book of rules. Things that you couldn't do, things that you had to do. And now that Jesus has come and saved us by grace, not by our works, the law doesn't do anything for us. The, law, the, the, the list of rules doesn't produce anything in our life. So we might read this list. Uh, you know, we got the list of the flesh and we got the list of the spirit. We might read this and go, okay, that's, that's pretty simple. I just got to carry out those tasks and I'll be good. But uh, in Galatians, it says that the law, it can't do that for you. Only Jesus can do that for you because we're saved by grace, not by the work of our own hands. The, the law, the law the, a list doesn't have any power to change your life, Right? You don't, you don't have the power to change your life because apart from Christ, you can do nothing, it said in John 15. You can't do anything. So fruit is not produced by working. Fruit is not produced by following a list. It's only produced by keeping in step with the Holy Spirit and abiding in Christ. So we're going to read Galatians 5, 16 through 25. Get your Bible out. Uh, if you have a journal, you should be taking notes tonight. Because uh, we got some some good points, some of it's a, we got a little bit a lot stuff going on here. But take some notes; it, it's going to change your life. So Galatians five sixteen through twenty five says, "But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh." So basically, what that's saying is. The list of the flesh is against what the fruit of the Spirit is, and vice versa, okay? If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the law, the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envies, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, which against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Um, so what I'd like to do tonight, we just read here that having a list in front of us is not going to change us, okay? It's only the Holy Spirit inside of us. It's only, it's only abiding in Christ that's going to change us. But I want to go over the things that, uh, that we are, 
If you are a believer, if you have a relationship with Jesus, and you have the Holy Spirit within you, then the list of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, that's who you are. Okay? That's who, that's who uh, Christ would identify you as. If, if, if Christ were to be here and he'd say, hey, who's Andrew? Tell me, tell, me about, if, tell me about Andrew. He would go through the list of the fruits of the Spirit because that is how Christ sees you because of what he did. He did all the work, so that's who you are. So I want to go through this list of the fruits of the Spirit and, and tell you guys who you are. Um, so let's just pray. God, I just ask that you'd speak to us. Um, I thank you that we don't have to work for it. There's nothing that we could do to attain this list, God, that you have already attained it for us. You already fulfilled the law. You already completed the whole list of things that are not supposed to be done and the things that are supposed to be done. So now because you did it, God, we did it. Because whatever is yours is ours now. So I just pray that you speak to us through this. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so the first one is love. And this first one pretty much sums up the rest of the list because if God is love, then everything else that follows that has to be marked by love. So you can't have peace without love. You can't have joy without love. And uh, as a follower of Jesus, you will look drastically different than the rest of the world. Plain and simple. That's how it should be. If you are a follower of Jesus, you should look very much different than someone who is not a follower of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's living inside of you and he's working on your behalf to, to turn you into this list. To produce love in you, to produce joy, peace in you. Um, because Jesus said that you will recognize my followers by the fruit that comes out of their life. You should be able to look at a believer and go, yeah, I see some signs that this person follows Jesus. That's not what saves you, but that is what Jesus said would identify you. We, we should look different than the rest of the world. Um, so the first thing is love. That identifies basically the rest of the list. And uh, it might be helpful for you to understand that uh, all of the things of the flesh are either a violation or a perversion of love. So we've got adultery and fornication, uncleanness. Uh, these are all counterfeits of love, of love between people. Yeah. Idolatry and sorcery, that's like witchcraft and idols and, and all that kind of stuff. That's a counterfeit of the love that's supposed to be between us and God. Hatred, contention, jealousy, anger, selfishness, dissension, envy, murder, all of those things are the exact opposite of love. Mm -hmm. And drunkenness and orgies, they're all just sad attempts to fill the void that love can only fill in your life. So if love identifies all the fruits of the Spirit that follow it, all of the acts of the flesh, all the fruits of the flesh are the exact opposite of love. And this, this love, uh, it's, it's the Greek word agape, so it's agape love. It describes a love that's more than just a feeling, okay? It is a decision in your heart that you've made up your mind that uh, you are going to be a person that's marked by love. Um, 
Because the, the Holy Spirit is working, is producing an unconditional love in you, just like the way God loves you. So God loves you unconditionally. There's nothing you could ever do to make God love you more or less than he already does right now today. Whether you're a believer or you're not tonight. There's nothing that you could ever do to make him love you more. So the Holy Spirit is trying to produce love in us that is unconditional towards each other. That is, uh, as, as a believer, we, should, we are growing in love towards God and we're growing in love towards one another. The opposite of love is hate and bitterness, hostility, contempt. And so as we live as believers, those things should no longer be in our life. And, and those places get to be filled with the space of love. And another thing that Jesus said was that the greatest, he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? Out of the Ten Commandments, don't murder, honor your mother and father, don't commit adultery. What's the greatest commandment, Jesus? And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. The second one is that you should love your neighbor as yourself. So as believers, we should be growing in love towards God, love in our relationship towards Jesus, and love towards one another. Love towards the world. That unconditional love that, that um, today I choose to love God and love what God loves. The second thing on the list is joy. The opposite of joy is sadness, bitterness, misery, and anger. Uh, and honestly, that's what I've been feeling the last couple days. I've just been feeling kind of angry about my wallet getting stolen and about somebody violating my privacy. And yet, God says that as a believer, I should have joy in this circumstance. I should be able to, I should be able to, um, it's not like happiness. Happiness is dependent on your circumstances. Like, yay, I went to Valley Fair. I'm so happy right now. Oh man, I lost my favorite stuffed animal. I'm so unhappy right now. Joy is completely independent of the good or bad things that are happening in our life. Um, and I was just talking with a girl, uh, like maybe a month ago over at the school, and she was just, we were just talking about life, and she said, you know, I'm just a really sad person. And I, it, it, the Holy Spirit didn't lead me down this path, but I just wanted to say, girl, you don't have to be a really sad person. You're not, you don't have to be a sad person, because as you follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit produces joy in you and replaces all those things, replaces sadness, and replace, replaces depression. Mm -hmm. Not everything in your life is going to go right. You guys know that. Not everything's going to work out in your favor. You're not going to get everything that you want. But uh, joy is a deep down sense of knowing that you and God are right. When you know that you and God are right, when you are loved by God, everything else around you kind of takes a back seat. All the, all the stuff in our life that's not going right, that's all become secondary to knowing that we are completely solid, rock solid in our relationship with Jesus. The third thing is peace. The opposite of peace is anxiety, 
agitation, strife, you're always at odds with other people and always at odds with other situations, dissonance and drama. I think this is such a huge one. We see this so much in our schools, in each of our lives, in our families. There's always so much drama. There's always so much anxiety and worry. And we're always at odds with somebody. And I, I would say many of you in here tonight are lacking peace. And it would be, I would narrow it down to two different reasons. One would be that your life is just totally filled with worry. Worry about the future. Worry about today. Worry about tomorrow. Worry about uh, friendships that you have. Worry about your job. Worry about your, your grades and your studies and what college you're going to get into. And if you're going to get into college, you're just filled with worry. And if you got worry in your life, you can't have peace in your heart. Cast all of your anxieties, cast all of your cares on Jesus because he cares for you. You don't have to be worried about the future. In fact, Jesus said, don't even bother worrying about the future because there's enough things to worry about today without worrying about tomorrow. So you might not be experiencing peace in here tonight because you're just so consumed with worry. You're so consumed with what might happen or what might not happen. And then there's another category of people in here. You're not experiencing peace in your life because you're always wrapped up in drama. You're always wrapped up in the latest thing that's going down. You're always wrapped up in, in, oh man, this person did this, and oh man, this happened at school, and oh man, this girl, man, she's just really bothering me. I'm just, ugh. You're, you're just always wrapped up in that. I remember in high school, I was always wrapped up in drama. Not because I was at the center of the drama, but because I kind of liked to be in the drama. Because it, the drama, there's always buzz around the drama. There's always attention on the drama. But I'll, I'll tell you, man, I had a lot of things in my high school years that I should have just stayed out of, okay? I had meetings with the youth pastor uh, because I was involved in drama that I shouldn't have been, okay? I had parents of my friends who really did not want me hanging around because I was involved in drama. And man, you just don't experience peace in your life when you're always involved in drama. And I like that word dissonance there. Do you guys know what dissonance is? It's a musical term. Dissonance is caused when two notes are too close together. And you're playing the wrong note. It's like you're playing one right note with one wrong note, and it sounds terrible. Okay? Do you guys want to hear what dissonance sounds like? That right there is dissonance. And let me, how, how many of you are going to stay in this room for the rest of the night if I play that for the rest of the night? There's a few weirdos in here, but probably the rest of you are going to get really irritated and your ears are going to begin to bleed because there's so much dissonance and there's so much just like, oh, that's just too much. And that's what drama's like. Drama is dissonance. Nobody wants to be around it. It, it just burns you out. It just, just takes everything out of you. And man, I think we, I hear about it all the time from, from all you guys. Drama will rob you of your peace. Yeah. 
So when you participate in drama or you seek out drama or maybe you're the cause of the drama because you're a meddler, guess what? It's not life-giving to you and it's not life-giving to anybody else. So stay out of the drama because it's totally in step with the flesh. Peace is totally in step with the spirit and drama is 100% not in step with the spirit, not in step with the fruit of the spirit and it's not in step with Jesus. So stay out of drama. Actually, verse 26 of Galatians basically says, stay out of drama. He says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. He says, drama is going to kill this, guys. Stay out of drama. Okay, I'm done. And we're not going to get through all these, all the fruits of the Spirit tonight. There's just too many of them. But uh, the next thing on the list is patience. And this is another thing that I think we as a culture could use a lot of. Uh, we live in a world that is just straight up, uh, what's the word? Just totally slipped my mind. Instant gratification. That's what I'm talking about. You can whip out your phone. You can whip into a mall. You can go on the internet onto Amazon Prime and have anything you want, when you want it, where you want it. The opposite of patience is frustration, it's selfishness, and it's annoyance. Um, you guys ever had it, uh, like you're sitting at home and the internet won't load? Isn't that the worst? Isn't that the worst? What's, what's, what, do you have a face for like when the internet doesn't load? Who's, who's got like a inter, not internet not loading or like a sound like, ah, <laughs> I know you guys do. Mom, mom, reset the router. <laughs> patience, the definition of patience is that you have the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble or suffering without getting angry or upset. And how many of y'all been suffering because the internet is not loading at your house? That is great suffering right there. But patience, which is a fruit of the Spirit, that is who Jesus is. Jesus is patient. He would, he would totally be okay with it. Um, have you ever been in like a restaurant line where somebody's just like totally annoyed because there's a line and it's really bothersome? <laughs> Uh, I was in a Papa Murphy's one time, and uh, this guy in front of me, it was, it was like, you know, dinner time, so, duh, if you don't want to stand in the line, don't go to a restaurant around meal times, right? <laughs> it's just common sense. That should be a fruit of the spirit, common sense. That's the 10th one that they forgot to write about. But anyways, this guy in front of me was just really bothered that there was a line at a pizza place at 5.30 in the afternoon. And he was just going on and on and on about how these workers, they sucked, they were so slow, this place blows, I hate this place, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, man, we got to just kind of give him some grace, I guess, right? And he's just going on and on. And it's like, dude, you're standing in this line. You can leave. But no, you're choosing to just stand here and be impatient and uh, funny thing about the story is the manager was like so sorry that the line was taken sl so slow. I don't know if they ran out of sauce or what that day. 
But the manager offered everybody in line a bucket of cookie dough. This guy in front of me, he was just so sour that he didn't even want it. So I took the cookie dough, yep. Yeah. So on a small scale, being impatient is the internet won't load, the drive throughs going too slow, your Amazon Prime shows up in three days instead of two. But on a bigger scale, uh, being impatient, not having patience as a fruit of the spirit, maybe you got something that really big in life that you want to do, something really big that you want to accomplish. Maybe you, maybe you have dreams of being a business owner or uh, dreams of going to an awesome college or, or making a difference, building your career, uh, even like making a difference in the kingdom of God. Like, like sometimes we can get so impatient about carrying out the work of God. And I think, man, we see some of the greatest people in the Bible. They were so patient. We look at King David. He was anointed, basically told that he would be king when he was about 10 or 15 years old. And uh, should have been the king, but, but because of the king that was in, in control at that point, he didn't step down yet. And it took at least 15 years before David became the king. But we, don't, we never saw David become super impatient or like squawking about how, man, I should be king right now. Can't believe this place. Uh, the Apostle Paul, when he had his vision of Jesus, he went away and studied the scriptures and was taught by Jesus for at least three years before he stepped into public ministry. He, he was in the closet hanging out before, brought him, before God used him in a powerful way. He was in his prayer closet. Even Jesus was in waiting for 30 years before he did his greatest work. And we've said this before. This is accredited to Laura Madsen. Strongest trees take the longest time to grow. So if you want to do something great in your life, if you want to make an impact, you've got to wait it out. Faithfulness. Opposite is unreliable, you're easily swayed, you're uncommitted, you quit when the going gets tough. And again, a lot of us in this room, we kind of want to get on to bigger and better things. You know, uh, maybe you're just like so done with high school. I'm just so done with high school. Yeah, I'm just so done with high school. Uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's your job. Man, my job sucks. I hate my job. I just want to get on to a better job. Man, I just need some new friends. They're just bringing me down. <laughs> Jesus said, Luke 16, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with a lot. And I think this is, this is very similar to patience, but uh, there are things in your life that that's what you're doing right now. You're in high school, and you need to be faithful with what God's put in front of you. You got that job right now, and maybe you got another one lined up, but man, you gotta be faithful to that job that you're doing right now. Maybe you got two weeks left on that, on that clock. You gotta be faithful to that. You gotta be a finisher. Um, there's a verse in the Bible, I don't know what it is offhand, but it says that even when we are unfaithful, God remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. 
That is how faithful God is. It's like, that is like God's core operating principle is like, I'm faithful no matter what goes down, right? Even when everybody is rejecting me, even in the time when, when the whole world was rejecting God except for Noah and his family. Like one family on the whole earth was serving God and yet God stayed true to who he was. The Holy Spirit, oh, sorry, not that point yet. God wants us to be faithful people as he is faithful. He's the most faithful one of all. Um, and again, our culture is kind of like, this isn't working for me. I'm on to the next thing. This job blows. I'm moving on. And uh, relationships, they're one night stands, they're two months of bliss, and then they're on to the next person. Adultery in, within marriage, they're not faithful to one another. And, and going even a little deeper into a spiritual place, uh, the Holy Spirit wants to produce in us a relationship with God that is unwavering, that is so faithful to uh, who he is. Because um, I don't know about you guys, but I have this sometimes from time to time where I'm kind of like on a spiritual high and I'm like, God is awesome. And then I'm like, oh man, I just, I just don't feel like reading the Bible. I just don't really feel like worshiping right now. I kind of had a hard day and it's like, meh. The Holy Spirit wants to pr produce in us a relationship with God that is unwavering, stable, where day in and day out we trust in his faithfulness. Where we're not, where we're not like swayed by everything going on in our life. And the Holy Spirit wants this for your benefit, okay? Not so that you can like prove yourself to God. Like, God, I'm the most faithful because I read my Bible every day for a year. God, see, I'm faithful. No, the Holy Spirit wants to produce this kind of relationship in you, between you and God, because it's amazing, because it's uh, for your benefit, because it's what you were created for. So the Holy Spirit is not in your heart going, hey, you're kind of kind of on the fence here, kind of wavering. It's for your benefit. Um, this last one is self-control that I'm going to get to. The opposite of self-control is instability, rashness, and it's doing whatever I want in the moment. I love, this is the last thing on the list in, in this passage. I love how this is the last thing on the list because it says, hey, the Holy Spirit wants to produce this and all these other things in you, and to wrap it up, I'm going to give you self-control to choose to live with these things in your life. I'm going to give you self-control to choose joy right now instead when you actually want to be angry at this guy who jacked your stuff. I want to give you uh, peace right now. I want, I want you to choose peace right now instead of worrying about your future and worrying about the college you're going to go to, worrying about where you're going to live after high school. And it's, it's kind of like this. Like, I'm just going to pass these around. And you guys, you guys tell me which one of these you want. Which one of these you want. Pass it around. You have a choice in your life between two things. Put that list back up. Yeah, that one's really nasty. Kind of mushy. You have a choice in your life 
to live with these things in your life, or you can have a choice to live with those things in your life. The Holy Spirit is the one who produces these things, but you have to choose it. Just like there's two apples in front of you, one is like pretty tasty looking and the other one is really soft, you can pick whichever one of those you want, but it's pretty obvious which one everybody would pick in the room. In the same way, you've got this in your life. You've got the influence of the Holy Spirit working in your heart. You can choose to live with the fruit of the Spirit. You can choose joy. You can choose love. You can choose to be patient and have peace in your life. Or you can choose to chase after things instead of chasing after God. You can choose to be involved in drama. You can choose to be caught up in sexual immorality. You can choose jealousy and arguments and trying to get your way and being envious of other people's blessings. So you don't have to make those things happen, but you get to choose which path you're going to take. Um, so I think that, that, that just, I got a bunch more notes here, but I'm going to wrap it up on that, that you have a choice to make in your life. If you are a believer in here, like you would say, Jesus Christ is my savior. I love him with all my heart and I'm going to spend eternity with him. You have the Holy Spirit in you. And the Holy Spirit is producing the fruit of the Spirit in your life. So you have a choice to be that. Because that's who you are. That's what God sees you as. You are a person that has so much unconditional love. you got so much joy no matter what's going on in your life. you got peace in the middle of, a, middle of turmoil and, and brokenness. you got patience when the line's out the door. you got goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control to, to do all these things and make that choice in your life. But you got to choose it. And just like in my story uh, with my wallet getting jacked, if we want these qualities to grow in our life, we're going to have to be, we're going to be put in situations where we need them. Okay? Because you don't need patience when you're at the front of the line. You don't need joy when you're hanging out with your best friends. You love them and they love you. You don't need, you don't need peace when everything's going good in your life. You don't, need, you don't need peace when you're on the white sand beach hanging out at the ocean. You already got it. You're not going to grow in the fruits of the Spirit if you're hanging out on the beach all the time. You're going to grow in peace if you're out on a boat in the middle of the ocean that's getting rocked by the waves. And the only thing you got is to say, Jesus, you said that I have peace in my life and I need it right now, so I'm going to choose that right now instead of choosing to be worried that I'm going to be at the bottom of this ocean. So that's the choice that you got to make. So... I want to close it with this. If that's who you are, if that's who God sees you as, then in what area do you need to submit to the Holy Spirit? Because all of us need to work on this, but I want us to just pick one. Maybe you need more peace in your life. Maybe you need to choose peace. Maybe you need to choose joy. Maybe you got somebody who's just really bothering you and you need to just choose to have unconditional love. So I'm just going to pray. Actually, we're just going to be quiet for like a minute. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to ask God, what do you want me to, 
What do you want me to choose this week? And remember, you're not the one doing the work. The Holy Spirit's already done it. The Holy Spirit's already making that seed grow in your heart. You just have to choose it. So we're just going to listen to God for about a minute. God, I just pray that we would be people who are marked by love, marked by joy, marked by peace, that we got patient in every, patience in every situation. Kindness, goodness, and faithfulness is just overflowing out of our life. We're the gentlest, most just soft people that anyone would ever meet. And that, God, we'd have the self-control to choose to walk in the Spirit, to choose to walk with the fruits of the Spirit, choose love, choose joy. And I just thank you that we don't have to do the work. It's, this is not a self-help topic. This is not a self-help book where we, where we have to go home and be like, well, that's one more thing to add to my list. Now I've got to read my Bible and I've got to try to be more loving. No, we just got to choose it because you already are living inside of us working on these seeds, working on making these qualities. Because God, your, your desire is that we would become more and more like you every day. So I just thank you that every person in here has all of this in them already. And um, that we just have to choose it. So we love you, Jesus. And we pray all this in your name. Amen.